Y'all heard? One, two, three. Hey, hey everybody. everybody. This is Y'all Heard. Woohoo! A podcast where me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Are never related, no matter what the season. <laughs> In his Patreon exclusive, Blake Wexler said, Pete and Marissa Phillips, who aren't related and never will be. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I did and this is a podcast where two friends with the same last name talk to whoever's listening about stuff that we might think is interesting, and we try to laugh about it, too. Well, somebody phoned it in today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. I'm going to ask you how you are, but I just want to first say that I was in a wine store the other day, and they had something called Fokunja which I think is blackberry wine, which is Korean. And I haven't had it in years. And I just poured a little bit. I took a sip. And you're drunk. And no, but it tastes like being drunk on the street. Like, I just, like, I took a sip and I'm like, I'm there. I'm drunk at a 7-Eleven. Oh, it's the best feeling. (laughs) It's a great sales pitch. (laughs) The American commercial. (laughs) It's different there. You could just drink outside the Seven Eleven on the, it, like as an event. It's not like you're a degenerate <laughs> drunk outside of the Seven Eleven. Sometimes, if there was no bars you wanted to go to, my friends and I would meet at a Seven Eleven. Each of us buy a bottle of our own booze and then drink till six a.m. It just feels like home. <laughs> I feel like an alcoholic. <laughs> anyway, my week is okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. Tell me how you are. Uh, I'm all right. Um, my mom visited with her friend Carol, and Carol made fun. me a cake. It was nice. dark chocolate cake with peanut butter icing and peanut butter cups Yum. on top um, to celebrate my fake birthday. And oh, so and- they don't celebrate your fake birthday. They just celebrated your birthday early. That is the way you said that. But apparently, if I can get home around my birthday, I'll get to celebrate my birthday yet again. Ooh, that's what you were told? I got a chocolate cake with peanut butter icing. I think I could get a peanut butter cake with chocolate icing. Oh, God. That's how I would want it. That's the way I would really (laughs) want it. Oof, that sounds so good. But yeah, while my mom was in town, uh, we visited a couple of... We visited two stores... That are like outlet type stores that just uh-huh. had junk all over them and it was beautiful. I love stores like that. And then there was one that's like a restaurant outlet where you can oh, buy like fun. a meat slicer, but you could also buy like 10 pounds of hamburger. Um, you bought some no, we didn't get to go to that one. Okay. Where was this? They're all in Wilkes-Barre. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Um... Yeah, so that was that was kind of fun, just looking through stuff. Now, the first one was kind of like a really gigantic um, Ollie's or Big Lots. <laughs> but the second one had, like, refrigerators that had dents in them, and they were, like, $150, <laughs> like that sort of stuff. And I was yeah. like, this is great. I love this. I was like, Mom, I think I want to get a refrigerator, even though I don't have any room for one. <laughs> yeah, when I visit you, I want to go there. <laughs> You could get a toilet. You could get a leaf blower. <laughs> I like it. Do the toilets have dents in them? No. 
They're just uh, open box toilets. Do they have a duty in them? <laughs> nope. Why do they like, oh, I got this, but it didn't fit right, or it doesn't, you know, okay. the color's not right. Uh, and I the other interesting. We never figured out how to unclog it. So once you <laughs> unclog it, it's yours. The interesting part of the store, Marissa, uh-huh. and this is the part that keeps you coming back, is that mm-hmm. it lists five prices on the price tag. The first mm-hmm. is what it costs, the second is what it costs at the store, uh-huh. which is 50% off. Okay. The third, fourth, and fifth, each time it progressively goes down 10%, and there's dates that correspond with each of these prices. So if oh. you sit on this dented refrigerator and you say, I think 150 bucks is too much for a freezer and refrigerator <laughs> <laughs> with a dent in it, I'm going to wait until June and get it for $50. You could try to, like, you could wait and maybe get it. That's interesting. I don't understand how someone benefits from that. Well, the store benefits if somebody pays extra for it, but you can benefit if it's just it's just the thrill of the of the shop. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. I can't put it into words, but I wouldn't say like you and me like very specific types of stores, but I can't even put into words because the other store we just used to like to go to because they would have huge cans of like pineapples and we'd laugh and laugh. Yeah. And now there's no way to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had a fun weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, two things I will say. One, one, I think I gained two pounds this weekend. Because I ate so much. That's and nothing. now nothing fits me. <laughs> and so, I mean, I've been gaining progressively every week. But this week, I think I gained the most all at once. Which, by the way, I get it. I'm a naturally thin and petite person. But that doesn't mean I'm not allowed to want to lose the 10 pounds I just gained that make me not fit in my own pants. Yeah. Every time I'm like, I gained weight, they're like, shut up, you're skinny. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't fit in my pants. So right now I'm trying like to make people. the ideal weight is I fit in my clothes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I've established a pair of pants and I just need to keep fitting in them. If I could gain 20 pounds in my ankles and then still put my pants on, what's yeah. the problem? <laughs> yeah. And some people I know just like get bigger hips or bigger boobs, man. I just get a bigger stomach and then my pants don't fit. Anyway, um... I just wanted to quickly say two things that one, me and my boyfriend, when I see him every other weekend, we usually like to like go out and do things the whole weekend. We just kept eating something that he argued with me about it. But I swear I had gluten unintentionally multiple times mm-hmm. because we ate lunch and I just said, I'm kind of tired. Then we slept for four hours and the whole day was gone. Now by we, was he also day- sleeping? <laughs> Yeah, but he used to tell me he thought he had a gluten insensitivity, but he talked himself out of it. And I was like, yeah, but you might just have a gluten sensitivity. Mm-hmm. He was like, no. I think my boyfriend also has a gluten insensitivity, and he just wants to be in denial like I did for many years. Um, yeah, so we just ate and slept a lot, which was gross. Uh, but very wonderful in its own way. But two, this just goes back to you mentioning Wilkes-Barre. My boyfriend, there was a job offer in Wilkes-Barre. And I was like, maybe don't apply to it. <laughs> and and I I tell everyone everything. So I said to him, like, I was a real scumbag in Wilkes-Barre. So, you know, 
it's better we don't go back. And I was telling my mom, and she was like, don't you dare say that. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not insulting people from Wilkesbury. I personally was a scumbag mm-hmm. in Wilkesbury, and it was a choice. <laughs> and then she got in a huge fight with me. My mother gets really angry when I say I was ever a scumbag, and I was like, mom, you do not know what I was doing in Wilkesbury. Believe me. So, yeah, I just um, thought it was funny how mad she got. I guess another thing you could tell him is that no one takes any doctor seriously <laughs> in this area. Everybody's like, oh, you like were at the bottom of your class, and that's why you're working here. <laughs> well, yeah, there's also that. But I just like just the array of people that will come up to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he'll just be like, what? Why did that 60-year-old man come up to you and hug you just out of nowhere? (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to, like, have... Like, it's just, I'm just like, no, no, it's a place to visit. Also, just being there makes me, like, just want to be in an alley. Just makes me, like, want to smoke a cigarette in an alley. I don't even smoke anymore, but, like, just being there, it's just, like, the same way that this wine makes me want to be drunk at a 7-Eleven. Wilkes-Barre makes me want to sit in the damp alley with his cigarettes. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Our health insurance, bad. like, our, for our, our health insurance at work, it you can go to doctor. Like, there's a few different tiers. And one of them, you can go to doctors only in this area. And people uh-huh. are like, like, if you ever have a sick kid or something, they're like, I will pay out of pocket to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I actually, yeah, if he ever considers that, I will tell him that. Because <laughs> that's good to know. I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> um, you yeah, guys, sorry, I feel like I'm rambling. It's just you're my friends, and I feel like there's a lot of things I wanted to tell you. Yeah. Do you have anything else before Icebreaker? I don't know, probably, but what the hell. Icebreaker. Okay, you remember Lunchables? Barely. What? Okay. Well, if you're Pete or someone younger than us, I mean, Lunchables still exist, but yeah. Lunchables were basically like a home mini meal for kids. Um, usually it was excessively gross. Like, like it would be like too many pizzas. But the point was you weren't supposed to like, this is supposed to be something you could have at a school lunchroom and you don't have access to a microwave or an oven. So it would be like mini pizzas. Where it came with a thing of tomato sauce and cheese, but then you were just supposed to eat it raw. Like, yeah. Un, like, like cold, not raw, but like cold dough, cold sauce, cold cheese. And there was another Lunchable that was just crackers with weird ham yeah. and cheese. And the other Lunchable I remember is, oh, no, 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 there's two more. That was the gourmet were, one, cheese and crackers. Yeah. <laughs> came with a little <laughs> cup of wine. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lunchable that was like a little a little like hoagie. There was another lunchable I think that was soft ta- cold soft tacos. And uh a lunchable that were little nachos. Um sometimes I think they came with dessert. What else? did they come with anything else? Did they come with an extra snack? An extra snack? Hell no. I mean, I assume the I'm calling everything a snack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, long story short, I'm asking you now. Build an adult Lunchable. I don't mean a sexual, porny Lunchable. I mean... Oh, build well, a this is going to take a while then. <laughs> build a Lunchable. You yourself, as an adult, would want to eat in the lunchroom 
but it has to have go by the same rules as the kids' Lunchables. You don't get to heat anything up. It can't be, like, really messy. Like, you can't, like, if it's a sandwich, it needs to be a simple sandwich. Like, it's just, like, something you could eat easily and it's cold. Right. But also, like, build your ideal Lunchable. Like, give me, like, the main meal, a little snack, and a little dessert. It's also not going to be cold, right? It's going to be, like, room temperature. I mean, no, you have to keep it in the fridge until you're going to eat it. It's going to be cold. Yeah, but in school, like, you couldn't keep it in the fridge, necessarily. Like, you would have... Oh, yeah. Ew, that must have had so much, so many preservatives. How was there cheese? Well, you can leave cheese out for a little while. Like, if it's got a chill on it and you put it into the lunchbox, you know. By the I way, guess. never had these. You know what? Mom said it was an absolute waste of money. <laughs> and, like, you don't have utensils. So let's say you're like, oh, oh yeah, I Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on board with you. I just have no idea what I eat that's room that's room temperature. The hamburger. Okay, okay, okay. I'm getting there. Okay, this is the best I can do. Okay. Room temperature noodles. Okay. <laughs> with a ketchup packet, but instead of ketchup in it, it's got extra virgin olive oil. <laughs> okay, I like it. And uh, also a little packet of Parmesan cheese. I like it. And then for a for a side, there's going to be yeah, like super preservative, uh, like little sausages. <laughs> oh, I love little sausages. <laughs> you would eat like at a cocktail party. Um, oh, like weenies. I would prefer if they were weenies, but I don't think I feel like if I had cocktail weenies at room temperature, they would ruin cocktail weenies. So I'm looking for like a. Like a small sausage with like some some bite to it. Okay, I just want to say I forgot cocktail weenies exist, and I just want to have something where I just eat a whole bunch of smoked weenies. God, that's so good. <laughs> anyway, continue. Um, and then dessert. I mean, see, this is where I'm a little stuck because you know me, I love dessert. Yeah. But something... you could just have a Reese's cup. I feel like that's your easiest. I need something that's gonna like refresh and cleanse the palate at the end <laughs> uh, a piece of double mint gum no that's just in my backpack <laughs> <laughs> you dweeb I, I like part of me is I don't know if this is fair to include but I'm gonna go with like and please please go gentle on me mm -hmm. a vanilla dunkaroo <laughs> no, that's okay. Why was I gonna shit on you? Well, because it's another packet. Like it's a, like a another packet of stuff, and I didn't know if you'd be like, you can't put a Dunkaroo in a lunchable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I bet that there was some sort of like collaboration where there was a Dunkaroo in a lunchable. I also or, thought like, you might be critical up. of the vanilla. Oh, but I mean that the cream is. I mean the cream is vanilla. The yeah. cookies can be whatever. I just I just need that cream to cool down. You know. My my hot hot mouth. <laughs> I I will just say vanilla is not my choice, but I'll accept it. Also, whether or not you want it to be or not, I assume it's the one with the sprinkles. If it's not, don't don't correct me, because I don't. Okay. You have to want the sprinkles. <laughs> um. Somebody's got to eat the ones without the sprinkles, though. <laughs> yeah. Do those? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I thought of this is because before 
the the show, I needed to eat something extra, and I just put cold sauce and cold cheese on a cracker. And I was like, ooh, this is a fancy cracker. So I will say I wouldn't, mine would be, so I would have a play off of the cold pizza, but it wouldn't be like, it would be pizza that was once warm. I was thinking the pizza route, too. And that was what I was thinking, like pizza that was part of a real pizza. And now it's room temperature because it was like, or like it's, it's, it, a chill is coming off of it because they took it out of the fridge in the morning as yeah. part of a Lunchable. <laughs> but I want it to have been cooked and cheese melted. I just now oh, yeah, want it yeah. cold. I want an icy pizza and I want, my dessert is just wine. It's just, <laughs> just wine. Uh, but in, in like a, in like a cup that has like, an aluminum foil you pull you like peel back so it makes it more childish mm-hmm. and the side is just cold weenies with a side of barbecue sauce okay that's the way to my heart everyone <laughs> <laughs> hey listeners uh that icebreaker took approximately 20 minutes of me trying to think of food which i edited out for your benefit <laughs> <laughs> if you have a dream lunchable Call us at five seven zero Pod One. Hey, you know who did call us at five seven zero Pod One? Alex. We've got great fans, and sometimes they call to remind us. Hi, this is Alex. On a recent episode, there was continued discussion of the uh, concept of cheers, and some clarification was requested of me. So here we go. Um, I think the cheers probably started like last winter when um, my spouse would make hot cocoa for our small child, who at the time was just a toddler. Um, last winter, maybe the winter before. It's been a while. This toddler's um, a teenager anyway, now. Like after making hot right? cocoa to signify that it's a special what? drink, I... it was nice to you know. No. What? <laughs> Wait, no. Did he say it was like two winters ago and I asked if that was real? Yeah. Am I Okay. Cool. Continue. <laughs> Have glasses together or, you know, little plastic cup as their case may be. Um, from there, it just really took off. And because we don't get out a whole lot these days, you know, with the pandemic and the unvaccinated children, our family has kind of become a society unto itself. And we, we choose all kinds of things. Like if we're going to go fix a machine, uh, you know, my kid will get... Uh, his screwdrivers, I'll get my screwdrivers, and we'll do cheers with the screwdrivers, you know, before we really get into things. It's nice. It's like a warm-up, you know? Uh, like when you see somebody and you do a handshake, we do cheers. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, that kind of a thing. Uh, but, you know, with whatever object it is that we're going to be operating on. Um, this is great because uh, it was about a year ago when small child turned two and went in for an annual uh, exam with his pediatrician. And, you know, tell them to make it through the visit. Kid was allowed to bring one toy. And he has a doctor's kit. And so he got the little otoscope out of his doctor's kit. And then when his pediatrician got to the part of the exam where he pulled out his otoscope to look in my child's <laughs> ears and eyes, child held up his otoscope and insisted on doing the cheers with the pediatrician. Right, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> now, you see... I do have to say that the thing I really like about this, like, I wish, and maybe there's still time, Marissa, I wish that I could do what Alex did, 
except Alex wasn't where I where I'm starting on this, where I could take the loathing of Cheers and like yeah. make it my own. I, I could, mean, as you I believe suggested once before, I could take back the Cheers. <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought I I didn't think you would say this, but I thought you were gonna say reference how someone wanted me to be in the vaginal of monologues once before and say I could, as you say, reclaim the cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I I definitely give this passing marks because um, you know it's first of all again it's a kid doing it, having fun doing it, and quite honestly I can't remember where Cheers came from even though we I did a whole topic on it. So also I don't know why, and there are points in time where something that is like cute but it shouldn't be that funny like keeps entering my mind over and over again, and it's like unreasonably funny for some reason. The Cheers English screwdriver is really <laughs> to me, and I don't know why. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. You don't need a reason. Yeah, you're right. Well, uh, speaking of cheer, we all had a good time last episode talking about Cheers, right? Yeah. And Marissa, what did you talk about last week? I don't know. You talked about <laughs> renouncing citizenship. Oh, yeah. But uh, who knows? Who knows anymore, Pete? I don't know. (laughs) And it made me wonder about... Actually, you know what? While I was looking for topics for this week, I was like, I wonder when we're going to hit one that we do a second time without realizing it. Um, We probably did already. (laughs) (laughs) I try to keep on top of it, but I was like, maybe I should just chill on that and just wait for it to inevitably happen. (laughs) Yeah. So last week you talked about renouncing citizenship, and it made me wonder about the significance of citizenship. Like, what do you get out of being a citizen? What protections will actually exist for people, especially when we see nations abuse their citizens? Would it be better to be stateless? Mm. And this is part of our ongoing Know Your Government uh, (laughs) series. Um, the U.S. State Department says that a stateless person is someone who, under national laws, does not enjoy citizenship. I mean, that's an interesting wording. (laughs) Yeah. Does not enjoy citizenship, the legal bond between a government and an individual in any country. While some people are de jure or legally stateless persons, meaning they are not (laughs) recognized as citizens under any law of any state, most people are de facto. What does du jour mean? Um, like soup du jour, like it's the soup of the day. Yeah, but what, what does that have to do with being stateless? You're stateless for a day. <laughs> okay, I don't... Just continue. Many people are de facto, or effectively stateless persons, meaning they are not recognized as citizens by any state, even if they claim citizenship... T- under the laws of one or more states. So I think a good way to illustrate this is what's what was Eileen Gu, I think is a de jure stateless. Like if she were to renounce her citizenship and then not get into China, you know, like she elected to sort of be in that situation. But then I Mm -hmm. think like, as I'm thinking of citizenship and what does it mean and everything like that, I'm thinking like, what about like some small village in the, middle of asia where people might not even leave the village for their entire lives like what are they guaranteed by having citizenship in this country um and i think that's a person who 
might be a de facto stateless person. Okay. UN High Commissioner for Refugees, the agency mandated to prevent and reduce statelessness, counted 4.2 million stateless persons worldwide, but estimated that the actual number may be over 10 million due to underreporting. But how do you even... How do you, I mean, so I guess you're just undocumented? Because how can that fly? I don't even understand. Yeah, I think I think that's, that's part of it. And then, like I said, in, in some situations where some ruler you know far away uh from the village that you're living in like you're technically a citizen of this country but you don't have documentation to prove that you are or anything like that because again you were like born in a village or in like you know a, a remote location and you don't really actually get to get that sort of stuff there yeah so Without citizenship, stateless people have no legal protection and no right to vote, as Marissa discussed last episode. And they often lack access to education, employment, health care, registration of birth, like Marissa, marriage or death. (laughs) (laughs) And they also uh, lack access to property rights. Stateless people may also encounter travel restrictions, social exclusion, and heightened vulnerability to sexual violence, exploitation, trafficking in persons, forcible displacement, and other abuses. So, that's established. I know that I could not survive if I was stateless. So I am out for the rest of this episode. (laughs) Okay. I am not a macho badass who doesn't need health care and will beat a human trafficker to death. But what about the people who think they can Okay. Seasteading is the concept of creating permanent dwellings at sea called seasteads in international oh, water. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, oh, what's that other? Oh, I'm trying to think. Maybe this is not exactly it, but there's some term that, like, weird people who are QAnon adjacent, like, they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a part of your country. I'm like my own country. Mm, so here we go. Um, no one has yet created a structure on the high seas that has been recognized as a sovereign state. Oh, that, that's the word, sovereign sovereign citizen. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, so basically international waters outside of the territory claimed by any government. And like I said, no one has created a structure on the high seas that is recognized as a sovereign state. Proposed okay. structures, though, have included modified cruise ships, refitted oil platforms, and custom-built floating islands. Okay. The oil platform forms look pretty cool when they're covered in like greenery and stuff. Okay. They're not they're not real, but they're computer depictions. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Essentially, you would be living in international waters. And international waters tends to be like a fun jokey punchline from time to time. But how would it look to actually live there? It also used to be a podcast on the Max Fun Network. There you go. What was that podcast about? Uh, it was a pop culture game show with, I think, always one American team, and oh, always yeah. a team. Yeah, I think they don't. It, they changed the format because I don't know. Maybe they couldn't find enough teams. I don't know. So, um, would it be like all out anarchy out there? Could you get hit by pirates or harassed by wild hogs or gobbled up by an enormous sea creature? wild hogs in the sea and you probably wouldn't get any wi-fi either (laughs) 
But dang it, you'd be free. <laughs> I bet. Not like America free, like libertarian free. <laughs> I bet that person I used to do my grad assistantship with would love that. <laughs> um, honestly, I couldn't think of enough threats at sea. So that's why I threw in wild hogs. Okay, or 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 like whirlpools. Yeah. So and, <laughs> international. Oh, water. And, and and in what? Sirens. Oh, I thought you said sigh. <laughs> <laughs> like the Korean guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we have been spent. I have been spending some time in the sea, haven't I? <laughs> With yeah. mermaids now. Uh, international waters is not a defined term in international law. It's an informal term, which most often okay. refers to waters beho- beyond the territorial sea of any country. In other words, international waters is often used as an informal synonym for the more formal term high seas. The high seas, um, again, not. I'm sorry, that formal term? Not the juice. <laughs> no, no. High sea, I just thought some pirate shit. What does that even mean? The high seas are essentially uh, international waters, so it's yeah. But what does that mean? That means the sea smokes some weed, dude. <laughs> I got out. I, yeah, I thought that was like pirate terminology. I don't understand. No, yeah, okay, it's it's um, it would be I guess sea terminology. The high seas okay. are. Waters that are beyond the territorial sea of any country, which we'll get to mm. in, a, in a minute of uh, exactly what that means as well. Okay. But um, the high seas make up 50% of the surface area of the planet and cover over two thirds of the ocean. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of there's a lot of international lot water of out there. Yeah, a lot of high seas, a lot of c- seaweed. The Convention on the High Seas, signed in 1958, was used as the foundation for the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea, UNCLOSE. The sea has no law, Pete. <laughs> signed in 1982, which recognized exclusive economic zones extending 200 nautical miles uh, from the baseline where coastal states have sovereign rights to the water claim and sea floor, as well as the natural resources found there. Outside of that, you have a lot of room on the planet to just, I don't know, plant roots? <laughs> okay. So, as long as you're 200 miles out, Marissa, you can go nuts. Sounds exciting. But not really. Were, were I an adventurer? I am not. And... You are, I think, like, overly, we have, like, over evidence. What? What? That you are not into the high seas. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the sea creeps me out. I can't even swim. I uh, have two amazing resources coming up, and I hope that you will bear with me. Okay. From laws101.com, a law site that is as good as any other. (laughs) <laughs> that description's great. Contrary to what you might think, international waters do not constitute a no man's land, so to speak. It's a bit more complex than that. The high seas are usually broken into various sections, with different countries having various power over the waters in these sections. 
each has certain regulations that govern the activities that can take place there based on an agreement reached between two or more nations. So let's say we're two countries and there's water in between us. We can come to an agreement and like in your country, it's okay to drink and drive a boat. In my yeah. country, it's not. And so I think the way that this... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so... Oh, sometimes I think quarantine made me stupid. I hear you. I was like, drink and drive a boat? <laughs> you thought drink a boat. Yeah, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you saying? Wow. I'm sorry. Continue. So, um... But then in my country, it's not legal. And we come to an agreement that if anyone is drunk driving in the waters between our international waters and we come upon them, then we can say like, oh, that's not legal. Yeah. So, you know, different agreements like that. And there's a list of them on Wikipedia if you're interested in learning more about those specifically. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is what forms the basis for international water laws. International water law is defined as an agreement between nations that outline the rules and regulations that apply to a specific section. Once all the nations sign a treaty, the international water law goes into effect thereafter. So, Do other lawyers that specialize in international water law? Yeah, and they all work for um, laws101.com. <laughs> okay. Marissa, I got to tell you, yeah? you're going to love this next part. Okay. The U the US can also assert its jurisdiction and authority in international waters by other means in certain situations. The US code grants this is the bullshit, right? Of US. Okay. The US code grants power to the federal government to exercise what it terms as quote special maritime and territorial jurisdiction over <clears throat> Any island or rock found to have guano deposits as per the discretion of the president. Wait, okay, did you say, like, guano, isn't that duty? Yeah. I'm sorry. The U.S. can have jurisdiction over any (laughs) rock or island with duty on it? If it's international, and if it's in international waters, then yes. Why is that the specification? There are two what other ones. What we want, the basis of which we want to have jurisdiction over. What? To be clear, guano refers to the excrement of seabirds or bats. I forgot whose duty it was. Um, two other uh, qualifications could be any place that falls outside of the jurisdiction of any country with regards to a crime committed against a, any U.S. citizen. So if you commit a crime against a U.S. citizen and you go out to international waters, the U.S. can still pursue you, um, and if they catch up to you, you know, hold you accountable. Any foreign water class... And the duty clause (laughs) is excessive. Any foreign watercraft scheduled to depart from or arrive in the U.S. that is involved in a crime perpetrated against any U.S. citizen. Um, So, as the website says... What this law essentially means is that if you commit a crime and you flee the country to some godforsaken poop-covered island or rock in the middle of nowhere (laughs) out in the high seas, that piece of land also belongs to the U.S. government, so they can still send the government to arrest you. Mm, That's how they get you. If, on the other hand, you, the fugitive, were a foreign national on a boat in international waters flying a foreign flag, 
the government would be less likely to capture you and arrest you for avoiding violating the jurisdiction that the other country has in that section of the seas. But what if there's a lot of guano? Right. But yeah, if a bunch of birds show up and shit on that boat immediately, <laughs> it's American now. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Why would anyone put that on the book? That's the long the more I think about it, the weirder it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see like this this, you know, like war room situation and they're like, President Biden, we have found some guano deposits <laughs> where <laughs> I don't even know who the biggest bad guy in the world is anymore, but like Osama bin Laden is hiding on an island that has a bunch of bird shit on it, and that means we can go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our government's fucking stupid. Um, so, just as an example, if it helps, uh, if you decided to go on a Dutch cruise flying under a Dutch flag, you would be bound by the laws of the Netherlands, regardless of your citizenry. Um, now, if you happen to be cruising by the territorial waters of the U.S. where gambling is considered illegal, playing poker in the onboard casino would be deemed illegal. So the ship, ca- the ship casino would have to remain closed until the vessel clears U.S. territorial waters. If, if you were smoking marijuana on a cruise, uh, you can... Basically, are drugs legal in international waters would be the question. The one thing... Uh, you need to keep in mind is that regardless of how far from a nation's shoreline you might be, you are still subject to the laws of the state that the vessel you are registered, that you're on, is registered to. So, since marijuana is illegal in the Netherlands, partaking in marijuana on a, on board a Dutch cruise would be prohibited by law. Okay, that's interesting. But also, either I imagine this, but I mean, I might have imagined this, but I'm pretty sure I've been on numerous cruises. And I feel like there have been times where, like, maybe the casino was closed or something was unavailable with no explanation, mm-hmm. and that adds some context to it. So that's interesting. That was just me humble bragging that I go on cruises. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm coming to a close here, but I wanted to uh, reach out to one more website. The risks of the risks of seasteading seem to far outweigh the benefits for your average person. In my mind, I would live on a boat. Uh, there was a period of time where I thought it would be cool to have a cruise ship that was just populated by a bunch of people that I knew. No, I don't think that would be as good. <laughs> well, I also get seasick, so I Me was like, too. I guess that I'm going to have to be on Dramamine the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So, what are some of those risks? Best boat report which seems to be a hobby site maintained by one man named Kern, <laughs> dove into the possibility. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you're going to have some weather problems because you're in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. You'll encounter uh, tall waves, things like that. But it didn't occur to me that out in the open water, there's nothing to really block wind. So you're just you're just there subject to any weather that comes along (laughs) and those are just two types that could kill you a wave could come and knock your boat over or wind could blow you away (laughs) thank you for specifying oh don't 
don't cut that out because I want everyone in the early days of the podcast who heard me burp to know that I, you are not blameless. I also ate a lot right before the show. <laughs> okay. Supplies, right? If you're living out on the ocean, you're going to need to get supplies once in a while. Assuming that you yeah. don't blow away or drown, uh, you will need supplies, so you will have to go to the shore in order to get them. And once you enter, enter the jurisdiction of a country, you are within their laws. Mm. So, let's say you were trafficking humans. Now, you can't be trafficking humans because you're living on a boat in the middle of the water. But, I don't know, let's say you had, like, some grenade launcher that was illegal on your boat, and you pull in so that you can get some supplies. More. If somebody discovers your grenade launcher, then you're subject to the rules uh, and the laws in that particular country. Mm. Also, okay. don't forget to renounce your citizenship. Because yeah. otherwise, you are an American citizen floating around in international waters, and you're still kind of subject to American laws. And then pirates will hold you hostage because they'll think America would give money to get you back. Right. And unless you're covered in bird shit, <laughs> they're not coming. <laughs> yeah. And you, uh, you're not free to do whatever you want out there. Uh, you can't commit genocide, for example, which seems like a very extreme example. It was funny if I left. I mean, it, it was funny because I'm thinking, like, over who? Like, because you're, yeah. like, in <laughs> Atlantis. Okay, yeah, okay, true. Um, you also cannot commit crimes against other nations and expect that the nations can't come after you because you are in international waters and without a state. So, mm. you know, different countries have different agreements, just like extradition in the U.S. Um, from state to state, you can also, you know, from country to country, that also happens. And so, um, yeah, if you're detained by somebody for committing a crime in America, they can always ship you on back there if they want. Um, but I'll tell you what you can do. You can keep to yourself and you can leave everybody else alone until a giant squid eats you. And that's what you can uh. do on international waters. <laughs> And that would be inevitable. Yeah, yeah. That was interesting. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna. If anyone's like, oh, what episode of your podcast you they listen to? I'm gonna recommend this one purely because the duty thing is blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was um, like for some topics, I could tell you like, oh, I found out this one weird thing, and I built a whole episode around it. This was, I went in with International Waters in mind and just happened upon <laughs> the U.S. law that if there's a bunch of shit on an island, the U.S. can go there and do what they need to. <laughs> That's great. Huh. Anyway, yeah, thank you. That was interesting. Hey, you're welcome. Do you have How any... if it's... Go ahead. Duty from other animals. No. Okay. It has to be, quote-unquote, guano. That's dumb. Seabirds or bats. Also, those aren't the same. Why do they have the same duty? Well, they don't. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> the same term. I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? Maybe for a follow-up continuation episode some other time when we revisit some topics, maybe I'll dig into that law a little bit more and uh, yeah, see if I can get some too. samples to really help identify the differences um you know just to help people know where we can go 
as Americans. Yeah, please do. (laughs) Plugs. Marissa, I don't have anything to plug this week, but I do have something. I have a couple of things to unplug. (laughs) Okay. I watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix and it sucked. Okay. I also watched the new Scream movie and that also sucked. Really? Okay. Huh. Okay. So those are your two unplugs? Oh, oh, oh. But in case you didn't know already, Skeet Ulrich is in it. He is? Yeah. Okay. As as like a... He's in it as like a a ghost, if you will, like a mental projection. Uh, okay. But he's in it. <laughs> guys, Skeet Ulrich is still looking hotter than ever. It was really one of those things where I was watching it and I was like, "Wait, is that actually him?" Because he kind of looks younger in some way. <laughs> I was gonna say he actually looks hotter than he did before. Not that I expect you to be like, "Yeah, I know," but I just mean like some men really grow into their face. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, when he was young, his I, face was just like sagging all over the place, but he really grew into it. Yep, yep. Okay, I'm not gonna. So this is a. I also have a not a plug. I have a confession, and I'll let you know later whether it's a plug or an unplug. My friend recommended I listen to the podcast Unspooled with. Paul Shear and I don't know someone, and they did Amy Nicholson. Really, Amy Nicholson, okay, and they dig deep into um, into movies like Heavy Duty to a degree I never really like care about a movie, and they dug into a franchise that I was like, what the fuck? And they held it in such high regards that I was like, what is happening? And so I was like, fine guess i'm gonna watch the new one so next week my friends i am for the first time because i've never seen a show or a movie i'm gonna see jackass i'm gonna go to the movies to see jackass four i don't have high expectations but they spoke so highly of it so i'll let you know after whether it's a plug or an unplug Pete, I, i've never even seen a jackass episode have you i feel like when i was a kid and it was cool like maybe i've seen a clip or two but now it never really interested me people like getting hurt that's not really my my style now when they're praising this is it like cinematography and writing and like they are praising cinematography um like sense of community um, that's not relevant yeah, to a motion like- picture i don't know like just yeah they're not like oh yeah the way they like punched each other in the nuts was great yeah it's a lot about cinematography and paying and homage didn't, didn't spike things. jones have something to do with those yeah yeah he did so oh and the big talk of the town is there's a lady jackass now i know a jackass set <laughs> she gets bit by a scorpion i don't know what else i do know or I would it be a jackie ass jack Hmm. Well, let's get back on. I'll think about that. <laughs> um, I always avoided it because I know there's a lot of like vomit, and I think a, a bit of duty. <laughs> uh, I can't handle either of those as much as I love to talk about duty. 
I don't want to look at duty. So, and I also don't find people getting hit funny. You know, though, people really praise Sasha Baron Cohen stuff, too. And that's just like, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just not my bag. So, yeah, you know, I do like Sasha Baron Cohen stuff. I think it's good that you're going to give it a shot. Yeah, I just, I, I, I just was like, I don't know, I gotta, I will, I will hack, I will softly plug Death on the Nile, which I think had horrible reviews. That was pretty fun. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. In terms of a positive plug, I of course would love to plug our Patreon. Uh, coming up tomorrow, well, okay, we're recording on a Tuesday. So this week, <laughs> uh, I previewed two movie trailers that are sort of like they dance around QAnon horror. Did you show me that already? No, I didn't. It comes out tomorrow. Oh, um, oh yeah. And what I would like is for patrons uh, to leave a comment as to which one I should actually pay money to watch. Okay. Um, and if you are just a casual podcast listener and you don't subscribe to our Patreon, uh, one is called the Pizzagate Massacre and <laughs> the other one is called the Scary of 61st. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that doesn't sound nearly as cool as the Pizzagate Massacre. Um, but both of them are very intriguing. I hope Adrenochrome is in one of them. Do you know what Adrenochrome is? No, which one was that? That's like the thing that they get the some substance that is extracted from the fear of children or some shit. Oh, right, right, right. No, but you know what? Um, the Pizzagate Massacre trailer that I watched, the first comment was a disgruntled person who said, Pizzagate and lizard people have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> but they are in the movie. So um, I have to tell you right now, that one's leading the pack. Yeah, okay. I, I cannot my wait vote. to see it. <laughs> I cannot wait to see it. Uh, I think I've mentioned before, I'm like obsessed with QAnon. Not in the I want to be QAnon way. Uh, yeah, okay, you know what? Here's a late plug. QAnon Anonymous Podcast. Best QAnon knowledge, up-to-date shit you can ever get. That's a fantastic podcast. I was actually, I'm going to finish listening to an episode about a woman who says she's the queen of Canada as soon as I get off this. <laughs> and now it's, I guess, time to get you off of this. Uh, you can. Hey, today, guys. I miss y'all. You can um, call us at 570 pod one You can also text us there. You can email us at shout at yallheard.me. You can slide into Marissa's DMs at Riss Vandal. You could ask for projecting to my dreams anytime. Bye, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye.